Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Matt. And welcome to Going Pear Shaped on AudioEntropy.com, a podcast where we talk about just kind of whatever we feel like, uh, this week more so than most weeks. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. What have you been up to? I... <laughs> I've, I got to explain what cockwaffle was to my mother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what, for... For the sake of the audience, because I actually do know what that is, but for the sake of the audience, Matt, what is the cockwaffle? <laughs> Fuck you. Look, you brought I this already, up. I did. You asked me, and I already did this shit one time today. I had to tell my mother on the phone, I said the phrase, and then he bites the waffle, and it ejaculates syrup into his mouth. I had to say that. Matt, remember before we actually started recording, because it happened like a minute ago, that you were like, hey, yeah, I want to talk about how much Twitter sucks, and I got a funny story to start it with. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. I'll just ask you on air so, you know, I can react live, and it's for better radio. And then I do that, and you're Uh, just like, oh, fuck you for making me tell this story, you piece of shit. No, 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 no. Fuck you for making me explain cockwaffle a second time. You explain cockwaffle. I will do no such thing. You explain it. No, I refuse. So Twitter is a service on the internet that I use occasionally, and by occasionally I mean a lot, um, because it's a social media platform, and it's a great way to meet new people, um, keep in touch with communities, um, just talk with people, talk with friends. It's also a garbage fire of a service, kind yeah. of. Oh, it is It is a garbage fire. It's uh, On the one hand, it's, for me at least, a great way to kill time during night shifts when nothing is happening. Because, you know, if you're following enough people, there's always content, even at, like, two in the fucking morning. But also, it's, like, you know, full of Nazis and shit. It's full of skinheads, and it's weirdly predatory in a lot of ways. Um, like, the fact that, like, their their X slash Y liked algorithm will kind of just flag afterdarks that, that people are trying to keep on the down low, because Twitter doesn't understand... What privacy is, or how people they don't use understand their that there's a reason that I liked that tweet and didn't retweet it. Yeah, no, it's like, hey, did you did you want your mom to see that you like faving this fucking furry tentacle porn? No, well, guess what? She's gonna get whammied by possibly. In I don't fairness, even. You did share your Twitter with your mom. I did share my Twitter with my mom, which was actually a very good idea. I think when I told uh, Luke and Molly that, I think both of them nearly had an aneurysm for me. Um. But it's it's fine. I mean, I can tell my mom doesn't give a shit about like cock waffle. Actually, she thought cock waffle was originally somebody sticking their dick in a waffle iron, which is not what cock waffle is. It's actually it's not that. It's it's actually it's not. It's I not mean, we that. Can't, okay, we can't keep fucking dancing around it. It's a it's a now ten years old actually uh, drawing of like a furry biting into a waffle shaped like a penis, <laughs> and then when it does so. Syrup comes out the tip, and yeah. then the character acts surprised that that's what happened. Yes, I don't know. And it's weird that that became a meme, because, like, in terms of, like, just sort of strange stuff what furries have drawn, that's actually pretty mundane. It's mundane, but it's also, like, just, just safe enough for work that you can circulate it to people and not necessarily feel weird about it. I think that's one of the reasons that meme blew up. Also, apparently the original point of that meme was uh, something about like furries being oversexed or something. I don't know. Whatever the original point of cockwaffle is, it's been lost to fucking time. If there was an original point to really begin with, because like again, just 
for I'm not throwing stones in the glass house, but like furries can be fucking weird. I mean, I can be fucking weird. I know about cock. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. There are questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh Jesus. Okay. But yeah, Twitter's kind of a shit service. Um, they're bad at moderating. Um, they're bad at protecting the privacy. Did, did I ever tell you about hey, the time? Remember, remember how people have been complaining for years and years and years that Twitter really ought to do something about all the literal Nazis on their service? Yeah. The fact that they certify people like Richard fucking Spencer? Yeah, I and do. you know what the response has been? To send no. you to the fucking shadow realm if you say the fuck word too many times. <laughs> hey, remember that one time Twitter used to cyber- send me um send me cy- advertisements for cyberstalking software because they thought I was an actual sexual predator and wow. advertised to me. Yeah, no, no, I'm not fucking with you. That service basically thought I was a rapist and was willing to change its advertisements based on that fact, which is just like, ugh. oh Jesus. I hate. I, I I I don't mean this as a point of sarcasm. I fucking despise that service. And the only reason I stick with Twitter is that Facebook is even fucking worse somehow. Yeah. Yeah. It's God. it's weird because I feel like its ubiquity feeds into how terrible it is. Uh, to an extent, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like, and in I'll, I'll give Twitter the most minor benefit of the doubt, and I will say. Moderating a social media platform like that, even in the best of circumstances, is going to be a motherfucking nightmare. That's also, not absolving. Yeah, like, I was about to say so that's it's, not it's, to it's, absolve Twitter. It's the thing. You. In fairness, if they were trying, it would be very, very hard, and they would probably still come up way short of what people really need them to do. But also, they're not trying. Yeah, no, they're not trying at all. Actually, a friend pointed out something. They made a very good observation. Um, the weird thing about Twitter is when they try to actively moderate, it almost always makes the situation worse. Yeah. I, they, they will frequently suspend or ban or otherwise punish the person who is actually under attack. Like, the, a lot the only time. time I can think of the exception is when they kicked Milo, whatever the fuck that guy's last name is, off the service. That's, like, the only time I can think of. Where I looked at it, and I but was like, like that think is about a- what it took. Yeah, no, it took. He, he had to attack an actual like Hollywood celebrity. Yeah, no, it took an absurd amount of effort to get, and that's actually pretty fucking telling. That if your fan base is big enough, it takes an absurd amount of like bullshit to actually get you kicked off that service. Like, holy fucking shit. Twitter sucks, dude. It does. But here's the thing, though. We're not just here to talk about Twitter. This is actually, and I probably should have said it up front, this is more of a grab bag episode because something we haven't really done since the first episode is is an episode of this podcast where we just talk about a number of things that don't really merit a full episode of a podcast in and of themselves. Because here's the thing. If you really wanted to, you could get down deep for a few hours and talk about just how bad Twitter is, but we don't really need to do that because if you use Twitter, you already you know. already know. Like I think the most Twitter, I think like the best tweet that summarizes Twitter in in like a nutshell is that one tweet that makes the rounds like every other month or so, where it's like, "Dear Twitter support," and I'm paraphrasing, "Dear Twitter support, a bunch of eggs keep telling me and my family to get into the gas chambers," and Twitter support just says, "Okay, they're not eggs anymore." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, They're as we're recording idiots. this, they just changed it so that people's avatars are circular now instead of a square. And so, and, like, that's like, hey, and so the new version of the tweet is, hey, Twitter, you want to do something about, like, these stalkers and death threats and all this stuff? And they're like, no, uh, we're actually going to ban you for saying the F word, and also avatars are circles. <laughs> 
Such fucking bullshit. Fuck that service. Yeah, uh, but anyway, speaking of tweets, uh, one particularly famous tweet that uh, is going to help shape the next thing we wanted to talk about. Uh, a guy by the name of Pixelated Boat made a tweet a little over a year ago at this point. He actually celebrated the anniversary of the tweet uh, where he said, Everyone loves Milkshake Duck, the duck that loves milkshakes. Five minutes later, we regret to inform you that Milkshake Duck is racist. And Milkshake Duck has become a term for an increasingly common phenomenon on the internet, which is where someone or something goes viral, like, and, like, just very, very quickly, like, say, your Kenneth Bone during the elections, or more recently, the guy who broke the record for playing Plinko on The Price is Right, or, uh, you know, that- the... At E at E three, the the big one that inspired me wanting to talk about this, Microsoft showed off an indie game. I think it's called The Last Night. I think people so, like holy yeah. yeah, and it'd be like holy shit, that game looks so cool. Oh, the guy who wrote it is is a gamer gator, and it's actually a game about how in the future it's a dystopia <laughs> because feminism and because because <laughs> universal basic income is bad? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> it's a cyberpunk game. <laughs> it's a cyberpunk game. It's a cyberpunk, it's a cyberpunk game, game about how about how capitalism is good. Good. <laughs> and how 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 else can you fundamentally like like God just oh how how God. else can you fundamentally miss the point of an entire genre? I mean, if there's one thing that me and you know at this point, it's that the ability of ner- terrible nerds to completely fucking miss the entire point of the media they enjoy is not to be underestimated. See, also, Rorschach yeah. is cool, and the Empire in 40K is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, and the like gu- the, the thing that about- Gundam Wing meme, Wow Cool Robot. Wow Cool Robot, where it, like, fires a shoulder mortar that airbursts and said, war is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. really, like... 40k in particular is like blows my mind because even my 12 year old self understood that like the empire is this despotic fascist regime like and i don't know how they can make that more apparent a 12 year old figured it out a 12 year old put that together it's not hard and fuck and and you mentioned you mentioned rorschach from uh from fucking watchmen being a hero that misinterpretation got so bad that zach fucking snyder noted terrible nerd who misinterprets things, made a movie adaptation, and made him essentially the hero in a story where the entire point is that none of these characters are actually admirable in any way. I I don't recall that being the case. I, I think in Watchmen, it's been a hot minute since I've interacted with Watchmen. The, the movie definitely positions Rorschach and uh, Night Owl as... As admirable figures. Well, no, I'm more meant that I was take, more taking issue with the are admirable in any way. I remember the characters in Watchmen more just being flawed and complicated than like. No, 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 no. The, the, the whole point is these people are are essentially terrible in a number of ways. Okay. I mean, it's like I said, it's been a while since I interacted with it, but I definitely knew that Rorschach wasn't the fucking hero. And like, no, I, no, no, no. And like, my question is, how the hell do you fix that problem? Because like. It I don't know, and, and the thing is, like, and, and, and like, this is this is going to be a weird off tangent uh, to Watchmen, but even the people who get that part still kind of misinterpret like a lot of what the central conflict of that is supposed to be. Like, a lot of them are like, "Oh, yeah, Ozymandias's deal is hubris," and it's like, "No, it's it's not hubris. It's it's logic devoid of of humanity." And then Warshak on the flip side of the coin is emotion devoid of reason. 
Like, yeah. that's that's the point. That's the counter-argument there. Yeah, but, like, the stuff with Ozymandias, I feel, though, that's at least a little higher threshold academically. That, that yeah. I feel, is a little more complicated. I, yeah. it, it, it's, I mean, it's I mean the, the, I the whole, see. like, Rorschach is a monster is a lot more naked just on its face. Yeah, like, that's, obvious. The, that's the thing. The stuff with Ozymandias, you can look at that and you can say, okay... It's still pretty obvious, but there it's it's not like immediately obvious. Rorschach is clearly like in the wrong. It clearly he kills dogs with a meat cleaver, and that's considered like the defining moment for who he is when the story begins. Yeah, like I don't under I don't know how you can make that more clear other than just literally having a page full of expository bullshit dialogue saying this man is the bad man, he is not a hero. Don't 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 like the bad man. I don't. I, I like as a writer. How? What the fuck do you do? Because I don't. I don't have I don't an answer know. to that question. I don't. I don't fucking know what you do. I don't know. But anyway, like so. So getting back around to milkshake. Doug, yeah. It has been just this fucking increasing phenomenon, and it's weird that this has become like we now have a shorthand for this phenomenon. Like that's how much of a phenomenon it is. Is we now have a term for it? Milkshake ducking. Yeah, essentially. God. <laughs> And it's it's actually kind of funny that recently uh, Pixelated Boat, the dude who made the Milkshake Duck tweet in the first place, uh, recently said that he lives in constant fear that he's going to say something really fucking problematic, and the tweet is going to be th- thrown back at him, and basically saying that Milkshake Duck is his fucking Sword of Damocles, <laughs> which is... <laughs> That's a good tweet. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. I guarantee you, I don't know, like, I haven't really kept up with that dude, because I don't keep up with a lot of, like, big Twitter celebrities, I mostly just use it to track, like... Well, he's not really a celebrity, stuff. he's just one of those shit-posting accounts for the most part. I, I so. think he's a celebrity at this point, he came up with the term milkshake doc. I mean, that's true. Uh, it, it, he's, I, I guess you'd call him, like, a Twitter celebrity, whatever. He's a popular Twitter. Yeah, Let's there just we say go. that. There we go. Uh, yeah, speaking of popular Twitters, one of the things we did want to talk about, uh, so... Just before we started recording, Mark Hamill did something that I've actually seen him do a number of times, and it fills me with joy every time it happens, was uh, some news outlet erroneously reported his death, and then he went to social media to essentially mock them for it. And I fucking love that. I love when that happens. And I don't know why it keeps happening with Mark Hamill specifically so many times, People are just really eager to report that Mark Hamill is dead for some people, reason. People really want to see Mark Hamill die, I guess. I don't I don't fucking get that at all, but okay. Yeah, but there it is. Um, how which, did, you, you know, know how many times he's been reported as dead at this point? Um, Jeez, oh, I, I no, but at, le- uh, at least a number of times. Like This yeah, is definitely know, not the first time. Yeah, it's I know this definitely isn't the first time. I was just wondering if we had an exact count. Yeah. But the reason I brought that up was to kind of transition from social media bullshit to actual celebrity deaths. And as of this recording, Adam West recently passed away. And that's a bummer. Yeah, so Adam West responsible for, like, I think it was, like, Batman... How long did that show run? 1966 to, like, 1972 or something like that? Something like that. It was, like, late 60s, early 70s. It's usually just called Batman 66 for short. Okay, so, yeah, I got at least one of the dates right. Um... Played the actor, Batman, in that show. That show's arc is re- in pop culture is really weird. Because I, I guess it, w- it was popular when it came out. And then, like, 90s comic book nerds retroactively decided it was the worst fucking thing ever. And well, then because, because they were worried that it was tarnishing the serious image of comic books. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and 
I mean, I, plus, I'm like, not saying you're wrong. Of, it's just like you what, know. what didn't help. It was just kind of not easy to watch for a while by virtue of the fact that it was a show produced by Fox, but Warner Brothers, uh, sometime after the show was made, bought DC Comics, and so it was really hard for them to come together and actually like release the show in any meaningful way. Like it's out on DVD now, but it's still not on like Netflix or anything. Like it's really just the movie. Yeah. is uh, readily available to stream anywhere. Yes. And that's a pain in the ass. But, like, there was this weird thing where, like, you know, just comic book nerds were ready to just decide that that was just the worst thing ever because they, it was an era where comic books wanted to be taken very, very fucking seriously. And, I mean, one of these days we're going to get into the whole 90s-era comic books. Yeah, sure. I, hell, we're going to talk about Watchmen during that because Watchmen was one of the good, grim, dark, like, fucking serious comic books. Yeah, well, I mean, there, that, were, there were two comics in the in the eighties that came out and kind of kicked off that whole thing. It was Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and oh boy, Frank Miller, that's going to be a whole fucking thing. Yeah, um, but the Watchmen totally holds up, though. I, no, or, it does. Well, I am uh, correct. I mean, there are I, there are problems. It is not a flawless work, but for the most part, it holds up. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I should add the I should also add the clarification that I'm pretty sure it probably still holds up. Again, I haven't interacted with that series in a while, so if I go back and it's like super fucking racist. You didn't hear it from me. I don't think it is, though. I don't, I don't recall anything I mean, like that in the book. It does It does have the problem of... Uh, um, oh, shoot. I, I just blanked on his name. Dude who wrote Watchmen. Um, oh, God. Fuck. I can't remember his name either. All I can think of is Greg Miller now. Fuck you. Yeah, no, Why it's did you not say Greg, Greg Miller? Miller? <laughs> it's sure as fuck not Greg Miller. Um, oh, shit. I can't even remember... He did like the power. He did like the Power Man reboot. I can even remember that, but I can't remember his goddamn name. Oh, this is really bad. Watchman guy. His name is Watchman guy. There we fucking go. Alan Moore. That's out. Fuck that. Yeah. God. Oh, How did we God. forget that? I Jesus. I don't know why I blanked on that so hard. Um. But anyway, so uh, the thing is, there is there is one critique is I've heard of it, and it's Fuck that uh, Alan Moore maybe in both Watchmen and indeed a lot of his writing, maybe leans a little too hard on rape as a means to get shock value. Yeah, it's not the best. Yeah, just uh, just a bit. But other other than that, I think it still largely holds up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's that's kind of a discussion for another time. Yep. Um, but like, there was this whole this whole weird like arc of Batman sixty six being loved for a long time. And then comic book nerds essentially being really angry that people thought Batman was silly. I mean, how dare they think a man who dresses up like an animal and punches bad guys is silly. Uh, and then after a while, people started to warm up to it, partly because folks were going back and watching it finally because it did come out on DVD again and realizing it was actually a really smart show for its time. And also just some fatigue with the relentless kind of grimdark version of Batman. Like, yeah, because it is, I, I feel like... It is the antithesis of what Warner Brothers wants us to think Batman is. Yeah, so I feel like the resurgence of that show, and and this is a very ambiguous thing, by the way, but I feel like the resurgence of that show, I remember people kind of warming up to that show around the end of the Nolan trilogy. And that's probably yeah. not a coincidence, because the last Nolan movie is probably is like... Dark Knight Rises kind of isn't good. I like that movie and will defend it more than most people... But even I'll concede it is a flawed movie, and it's easily the worst of the trilogy. Yeah, those, I mean, those two things, I feel, are just, like, irrefutable. It was, it was one of those movies that I enjoyed in the theater, and then the more I thought about it after the fact, I was just like, wait a minute. Why did... what? Yeah. Like, I, I enjoy Bane as a meme a lot more than I enjoyed him as the character in the movie. You see, I liked Bane's interpretation in that movie. 
I, 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 it's been a while though. Maybe I should go back and like rewatch it. I don't, I don't know. I, I will say I like that movie more than most people. But even I'll concede like people's. I, I think I think probably the it. biggest problem is that Batman gets uh, debilitated and then has to learn to be Batman, and then gets debilitated again and then has to learn to be Batman again. Yeah, like it's kind of two movies. The the pay- yeah yeah no you're not wrong it is because it's essentially like a Batman movie and also a Bruce Wayne movie. It's pacing in that movie's all over the place. Um, I didn't think it was bad necessarily though, and I do like Bane a lot. I think Bane is much much better than whatever the hell the actual like, shadow antagonist who's lame as fuck is. I can't even remember. It was her a name. Uh, Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, so fucking lame. <laughs> Bane goes out like a punk in that movie, though. Although, that's actually kind of awesome in its own way. I don't know. It's The movie's got problems, but... Yeah, yeah I, I definitely feel I mean, like... I, there's the bit of like, oh no, Bane is too good at, at the punching real good. I can't beat him with my Batman fists. And then later he just beats him with his Batman fists. Well, he kind of does, but actually... But do you remember how like Bane actually like dies, dies in that movie? It's been a long time. He gets shot. Catwoman shows up on the motorbike with the auto cannons on it and just shoots him in the face with a twenty caliber. And he dies right, because right, he got shot. He gets shot with a fucking auto cannon. Right, because Catwoman's in that movie. Yeah. yeah, Catwoman is in that movie, and she's whatever. Um, yeah, no, Bane just gets shot in the chest with an auto cannon and dies, and that's how Bane dies. He dies like a total fucking punk, which I, a lot of people had issues with. I actually thought that was kind of awesome, but whatever. Enough of that. Enough about adequately good superhero movies. Um. I feel like after those the the Nolan trilogy though, people started to kind of warm up a little to that series. I feel like it was around that time because the Nolan movies were over, irrespective of what you thought of the series as a whole. Um, that was the end of that kind of iteration of Batman, and I felt like people kind of looked back at sort of the history of that franchise and started noticing like, hey, maybe maybe the older, more self-referential take on Batman wasn't actually that bad. Yeah. That was yeah, that's I think also uh, the cartoon Batman: The Brave and the Bold helped. Yes, uh, at least with some people to be like, "Hey, remember when Batman was fun?" Yes, remember that um, part. Remember I, that whole deal. I feel like Brave and the Bold wasn't actually that popular, though, or maybe it, it was reasonably wasn't popular. Sadly, but I although I, I feel like it was kind of, if I think in, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a thing where Cartoon Network was kind of deliberately trying to kill yes. it. I was just about to say, if I recall, though, that show was sent out to die, unfortunately. Yeah, because they were trying to replace it with um, Beware the Batman, which, boy, that was a good call. Um, I literally have never heard of what the fuck you just talked about right there. There's a reason for that. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> because I've heard I, people occasionally talk about Brave and the Bold, and when they do, it's typically positive. Um, I've literally never heard of Beware the Batman in um, any context. It, his sidekick was Katana, and from Alfred Mortal had Kombat? a gun. I'm not being cute from Mortal Kombat, because Warner Brothers had owned No, DC no, yet. the DC Comics character, Katana. Okay. Alfred yeah. had a gun. All right. Yeah. That's fine, I guess. She, she, she was so prominent in Suicide Squad, how do you not know who Katana is? Oh, God. <laughs> no. We're not doing she's, that. She's a mysterious Asian lady who doesn't talk, and her name is Katana. What's not to love? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, Adam West dying actually kind of sucks. That dude, I don't know that much about Adam West, but from everything I, like, read in obituaries and, like, just doing a little bit of research prior to this recording, he seemed like a really cool dude. Yeah. Um... 
I, th- I think that's about it before we move on to questions. Because, again, we went into this kind of deliberately without any specific topic. Yep. And because of that, we got a lot of questions. Yep. But before we actually move on, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because we, we talked about Twitter. We talked about uh, the milkshake duck phenomenon. We talked about Adam West. Is there anything else we want to get off our chests before we dive into these questions? Not really. It was just that it was interesting seeing how impacted, impactful that dude apparently was. Like, a lot of people on my feed were like – and I'm not admonishing them at all, by the way – um, but a lot of people in my feed were, like, really, really, like, taken aback when that dude died. Um, so I guess that dude's influence was more than I realized, for better or worse. Probably for better, I imagine, given the way people yeah. were talking about him. But yeah, I mean, like, he had had a bit of a resurgence with Family Guy, and, like, here's the thing. I Family Guy's not good. I'll be, you know, I don't think that's a controversial opinion at this point. Family Guy's not good. Um, but it did, you know sort of facilitate a resurgence of Adam West into the public consciousness because he went in there and essentially played himself. Yeah, I think Adam West literally plays himself in that yeah, show. Yeah, it was just it was just Mayor Adam West of this whatever the city they live in in it's that like show. It's like Quahog or some bullshit yeah. like that. Yeah. Is that, is that a real city or is that a made-up city? I'm... I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know family guy lore. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, so... Yeah, that's that. Yeah. All right, ready for questions? Questions. All right, we got a lot of them, so let's get down to business. Uh, first up, from our friend Joe, uh, he says, "War Games or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Which is the better Matthew Broderick movie?" Um, I prefer War Games because, and I prefer War Games for the specific reason that it's the only movie centered around hacking that was any good. Okay. It has the it has a really specific but weird distinction of being the only hacker centric movie that's good. Are you are you sure it's not hackers? I'm hack gonna, the planet. I'm gonna just crash and burn. Fuck off. <laughs> um, final final GPS episode. Hold. Um, my answer is neither. I haven't seen either movie because I am physically repulsed by Matthew Broderick. Uh, that's not entirely unreasonable. I feel. Yeah. I don't actually have anything against him. I know nothing about the guy, but I'm just I like ripping on people. There's so just something about his face. It's. <laughs> He has an off-putting face. It's not that he's ugly, it's just unsettling somehow. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Uh, so, let's see. Also from uh, our buddy Joel, Joe, rather, Joe, Ghostbuster Joe, who we actually had on here. Um, I, th- that's kind of a weird thing. I'm so used to saying Joel because he's our, like one of our co-panelists on Teenagers with Attitude. Then whenever I talk about Joe, I like almost instinctually add the L at the end, and there's I, I shouldn't do that. They're, but, they aren't the same person. They are very much not the same person. Um, so, anyway, our buddy Joe, Ghostbuster Joe, uh, would you rather enroll your child in Hogwarts or Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters? Um, Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters, probably, because they have, like, actual fucking security there. I was actually going to go with Hogwarts, and here's why. In both stories, the children end up basically embroiled in a race war Yeah. for their entire time they're in school. But the thing is, uh, in Hogwarts, that ends when they're done with the school, essentially. Like, that war lasts for the duration of the books. That's like seven years, something like that. Yeah. Charles Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, you were enrolled in a race war basically for the rest of your life. You are an X-Man now. Like, I don't even know if anyone actually graduates from that school and gets, like, a job as, I don't know, owning a fast food franchise or something. 
Maybe maybe they run a they work at a car dealership. I don't fucking know. Everyone just seems to end up dead or or an X Man. I guess there's actually a relevant relevant uh, background here that we need to establish. When the hell does this happen during the respective continuities? Because that actually meaningfully impacts this decision. That's true. I mean, if it happens like after the events of of the Harry Potter stuff, definitely Hogwarts. Yeah, definitely Hogwarts in that case. But because like, here's the thing: nothing else is ever going to happen because no one wants J.K. Rowling to write any more Harry Potter books. Remember when she did write another Harry Potter book? Nope. It was so bad. I don't it know was, what you're talking about. It was so bad. Oh my god, it sucked. Now, admittedly. X-Men is kind of weirdly going by the wayside because Marvel doesn't own the rights, the movie rights to them, so they're kind of pushing them off to the side and downplaying them. Yeah, they are. There's despite no, the fact that they're no, still some of their most popular characters. Yeah, there's no See, fucking... See, also Fantastic Four. Yeah, there's no fucking MVC... There's no fucking X-Men in MVCI, which is nuts to me. Like, you're going to have a Marvel vs. Capcom game without any X-Men in it. Like, holy shit. Sorry, just yeah. on that. It's just... It, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just... I don't know, maybe maybe they'll surprise announce, like, Wolverine or something. I expected Wolverine to make the cut in that game, at least. Yeah. Because even though they obviously want to push the MCU, they're obviously pushing MCU hard in that game. Like, Wolverine as a character is just so goddamn popular. Love it or hate it, like, I feel like it's it's yeah. bonkers not to include him. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah. Man, Logan was really good. I haven't seen it, but I... I, I'm, it's good. I'm bad it's, about it, getting around to seeing movies. Yeah, no, I am as well. That movie's really good, though. It's it's rough. Like it's a rough watch. That's uh, also part of why I haven't seen it. Is yeah, I, I was about to say really it's, sad. It, it's a rough watch in a good way. In like the the fucking Band of Brothers, like Saving Private Ryan, that sort of way. But like, oof, that man, that movie, oof. It's a good movie though. I, GPS endorses the movie, the the superhero movie Logan. Okay, yep. one thumb up and one hasn't seen it. I, th- I think that comes out to a positive, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is from Paul. Do either of you have a history of watching or being in the fandom of professional wrestling? No. No. Um, I'm Sorry. I, I mean, there's some stuff I know just through cultural osmosis and the fact that some of my friends are big into wrestling. Yeah. But a lot of it is just like memes and stuff. Like, I, I, I will almost always laugh at... You know, some video where it's something entirely unrelated happening, and then suddenly a voice yells, and his name is John Cena! And then my speakers blow out as his theme starts playing. (laughs) You see, I thought you were going to go with, it was me, Austin, or whatever the fuck. That's Uh, also funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I don't, I'm actually interested in, like, I'm interested in in that stuff, and I kind of want to get into Lucha Libre, but outside of that, nah. No real experience. Alright. Let's see. From Mason... Would you rather smooch a xenomorph or a predator? Xenomorph. I'm going to go with predator. Because I'm I'm pretty sure my face won't melt off if I kiss a predator. That's fair, but uh, I don't even need need to think on that. Alright. Oh shit, we're divided. Is it time for a a fucking, like, debate, deadlock, horseshit? No. Gonna discuss the merits? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, This one is from Jane. What is the best video game for picking up and playing? Now, I'm assuming she means just, like, what's a game you can just immediately get into without having to, like, think about it a lot or be familiar with whatever it's doing? Yeah. Hmm. Best game for picking up and playing. Yeah. I'm gonna go with fucking Universe Sandbox here, I think? Because you don't need to know... 
anything about universes or sandboxes to have some fun in that game. You don't need to know a complicated rule set, and, like, as much as I love games, like, something that's even relatively, like, casual-friendly, like Duelist, you at least need to know, like, the basics of card mechanics to play Duelist. Universe Sandbox is a game where you can literally just get in and start dicking around with numbers and having fun. Okay. On, on, the, on like, the same side of the coin, I'd say something like Nobi Nobi Boy as well. Games where you, like, literally don't even need to know a rule set to have to get enjoyment out of them. Okay. Yeah, see, I was actually kind of struggling to think of something. But you mentioned Nobi Nobi Boy, so I think my answer is actually going to be Katamari Damacy. Okay, yeah. That's a that's a real good game for just fucking jumping into. Yep. Uh, yeah, so fucking... Wow, that. We, I was about to say, wow, we got that one down fast. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two from Fletcher, and he's definitely going the horny route. Okay. Uh, one, what is your history with being a furry? Um, um, so for me, my only answer is going to be, you ever seen Great Mouse Detective? Oh my god. Oh my god! I fucking. <laughs> I That's it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna elaborate any further because I don't think I need to. I have a friend who's like right on the cusp, and the Great Mouse Detective is the reason why. What is it with that fucking movie, dude? And I mean, I know the answer with what is it with that fucking movie, but like, what is it with that fucking movie? It's a good movie, though. Damn. Um, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I, I said I wasn't gonna elaborate, but I guess I'm going to. It's a fucking Disney movie. That's like, it's a, oh, it's Sherlock Holmes, but mice. It's like a nice, clean, wholesome family thing. And then there's just a fucking burlesque act in the middle of it. That's actually not what my friend likes it. They just think Basil's really hot. And I mean, they're not wrong, but... I was yeah. not expecting that. Okay. Yeah, no, no. They, they just think Basil's super hot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're not, not wrong. wrong. But, like, it's not typically why. I, um, mean, if, yeah, I, mean, I mean, if people can, can fucking be attracted to fucking Benedict Cumberbatch, I think Basil... I mean, I just expressed explicitly stated interest in making out with a xenomorph, so, you know, not throwing stones here. <laughs> okay. Uh, second question from Fletcher. I never got to answer that. Oh, I'm so sorry, dude. I, I didn't realize. Go yeah, ahead. no, that's fine. Um, what the hell was the question? Uh, what is your history with being a furry? I'm not actually a furry. Wait, really? No. I may as well be, but I'm, I'm I mean, not. is this is this a splitting hair thing where you're like, yeah, I can find furry art attractive, well, but I don't have, like, a persona or anything? Kind Cause of. Because, I, 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 again, I, I, I feel like that's splitting hairs. I, you see, I, yes and no. Because, okay, like by, like, any sort of conventional metric, I probably, like, to the normies, I probably qualify as a furry. Fair enough. Like, I have friends in the fandom... I have an absolutely volumetric knowledge. We have talked on air on our podcast about the soft goat boy dick. Yes, yes, and you're not wrong about the soft goat boy dick. But I don't have a persona, and I'm not. I I don't think that's a requirement. No, I don't think it's a requirement either. But that's not it. It's like I don't have a sona. I have no real desire to like join the fandom, and I feel like there there's an actual like identity thing there. Like I don't feel. Like a person who has any real identity in the fandom, or any real identity as a furry, and I feel like it is a personal identity thing. Admittedly, this becomes a weird case of how you qualify yourself versus how you are qualified, like society, or not qualified, classified, classified societally, and that gets really weird and vague. But I, I, I don't feel like I am. I mean, if I am, I am. I don't give a shit one way or another. Okay, but, well, like, well, here, like, let's let's try approaching this question in the same way uh, from the same same angle. I approached it as, what was your first furry crush? Oh, God. What was my first? It was probably Crystal. I'm assuming it was Crystal. Oh, uh, from Star Fox? Yeah. 
Wow, dang. You know, it, that like in a weird sort of way that actually just kind of occasionally I remember that you're actually like a good bit younger than I am, and that's one of them because like I I'm pretty sure I was a grown ass man when Star Fox Adventures came out. I'm trying to think. It would have either had to have been like Furry or uh, uh, what the fuck was her name? Gadget from Rescue Rangers. It would have had to have been one of those. Oh, Gadget. Yeah, Gadget it would have had to. Rush. It was probably one of those two. I don't actually remember. Remember that? Really f- remember those pictures going around of that fucking Russian cult that worships her? Yeah, and there's no nobody knows if that's like a weird put on or if it's an actual thing. I think last time I checked, nobody was quite sure, which actually just makes it funnier that nobody <laughs> yeah, it knows. Actually, it actually does. <laughs> um, okay, so second question from Fletcher: What's your favorite scene from a dirty film? Um, I mean, it's probably the fucking. Favorite scene from a dirty film? It's probably the scene in Bad Santa where he gets woken up by his alarm clock and starts slamming it a whole bunch, and eventually he just starts shrieking, hurls the alarm clock. I don't. Into I don't the think wall. that's what this question is asking about dirty films. I don't think that's what it means. I guess he means pornographic I think, film. I guess pornographic. Like, like, that's how. I, that's how I interpreted the question. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't actually watch pornographic films really. Yeah, me neither. So, like. My answer was going to be kind of a deeper pull because, like, I need to go all the way back to, like, when I was in high school and my family was getting, like, a free trial of HBO. And, like, in the middle of the night, there was this old uh, kind of softcore, like, Bruce Willis movie called The Color of Night Running. And I just remember the scene where the lady is, like, wearing, she's, like, baking something and she's wearing, like, an apron and that's it. And, like, that stands out in my mind because that was one of, like, the... Like, that's the thing, is you always remember, like, the, the occasional bit of porn you got to see when you were younger. Yeah. Like, before you beca- before you reached adulthood and got internet access, and it just kind of became this endless cav- cavalcade of unrememberable porn? Well, no, that's not true. I occasionally remembered some pieces, both because they're really good and for other reasons. <laughs> I mean, this, wow, this guy- my voice trailed off there. Yeah. Well, I mean, this got this got time. weird, but that's what Fletcher was going for. Yeah, so. no, this got really weird. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I don't really just like watch. Who the fuck has time to sit down and watch an entire goddamn movie worth of exposition just to see some fucking? Just show me the highlights, man. Goddamn. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so that's it for questions from the Facebook group. Okay. Uh, by the way, we we we. I've been hitting up the Teenagers with Attitude Facebook group. There isn't a Facebook group for GPS. There just probably to be clear. Doesn't. I was about to say there probably doesn't need to be for at least for right now. No, there, there really doesn't. Um, yeah. Anyway, so here's some questions from the Twitter, and if you want to send us a question at the Twitter, it's at G Shaped at G S H A P E D on Twitter. It's how you send us questions. It's how you can find out what future episodes are going to be. You can suggest episodes, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, if you just heard that discussion that we just had and you still want to be involved in it anyway and you haven't turned off the podcast, you know, head head to at G shaped on Twitter and, and uh talk to us. You know? Find out find out what's going on. Um this one is from at Gets Below. That's our friend Julie. Uh what is the best thing and the worst thing you could possibly grab if you reached into a bag? Um the best thing would be just a fat fucking stack cash, I feel. Just Ooh. stack a fucking dollar just like Stack of ten grand, stack of a uh, hundred dollar bills, some shit like that. Man, you're even a lot higher than I was. I was gonna say popcorn. <laughs> no, no, I'm th- I'm thinking just like a fat wad of fucking cash. Um, All right. The worst thing, um, probably somebody's the the fucking somebody's skinned face. And again, again, you're aiming higher than I I am. I was just gonna say the business end of a knife. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. 
I'm thinking more like the thing where you would call the police immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, from at This Is Emeralds, that's our friend Emily. Uh, she just says, list your kinks. That's uncreative, but I'm late to the game anyway. Um, there are, like, literally too many to go over, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> let's, okay, M, girl, let's, let's just put it this way. It's genuinely faster to list the ones that I'm not into. M, no, we're not going to do that on air. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, y'all already know mine if you listen to the podcast network. I don't, like, that's not me dodging the question. It's like, y'all fucking already know. Fucking, I was thinking about it earlier today. And it was just in, like, some fucking idle chat with, like, Molly and Luke. I'd forgotten that I was, like, TWA's, like, designated teeth guy. I'm the person who likes teeth, apparently. And, I mean, that's that's true. I mean, that's 100% true, but, like, yeah. It's not yeah. just teeth. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's I, think, I think just by virtue of the fact that you're into just about everything, there's just going to be stuff you're into that no one else in our group is. Yeah, no, I know for a fact there's a number of stuff, but it's also created, like, this weird thing, because, like, in, t- in like, the fucking AE crew... Like, fucking, uh, fucking roast each other for their weird fucking sex bullshit all the time. But in my case, it's actually really hard for people to do that for two reasons. One, I'm into a ton of shit, which means that you can't really sing. It's hard to, like, single any one thing out. And two, I have no shame. I can't be kink-shamed. Yeah. Unless you're my mother. Then you can <laughs> kink-shame me. Yeah. God. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, like I said, y'all already know mine. Micro stuff, furries. It's kind of the long and short of it, I guess. I mean, there's some other stuff that, like, I can take or leave, but, like, eh. Eh. Not actually... I, I don't know. It's it's weird because, like, we, we, we've we we've created this weird pseudo-persona where people are sending us, like, kink questions, but also, like, we don't actually spend that much time, like, talking about porn and stuff, both on or off the air. Like, it's just kind of, eh, that's just a thing. Yeah, but that is a prison. Let's be fucking real. That's a prison of our own making. We absolutely set ourselves up for that. That is true. Um, All right, so from at Lady K. Hirsch, what if Mike didn't love rabbits? I mean... I'm assuming you'd like, like, mice in that case. Yeah, I'd probably just pick some different animal. Like, I mean, I I love rabbits because I had rabbits as a kid, so... Yeah, I'm assuming you'd probably, like, gravitate towards mice, something, like, small and fluffy and cute. Yeah, basically. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe guinea pigs? Yeah, guinea pigs would be one, like, mice would be one. Maybe, like, ferrets? Maybe, like, ferrets. I could see ferrets. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, from at Pidmon. If you could take a cruise liner to any fictional world, how cool would the on-deck pool be? Pretty cool? This is a fantastic question. I'm assuming it'd be, like, a normal pool, which, I mean, shout-outs to pools. Pools are cool. So, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go with pretty cool as well. I think okay. that's a good yeah. answer. Nice. All right. Uh, from at Tabletop Gamera, and that's, uh, our buddy Joel, who, Joel, like, just made a Twitter so that he could, I guess, talk about his trip to Australia to hang out with Julie, and odds are when that's done, he's never going to use it again. Yeah, probably but, not. Yeah. But yeah, sure, at Tabletop uh, Gamera, uh, you're on a team creating a new society on another planet. Fresh start. What one non-essential item do you bring to shape this society? Non-essential item to show the society. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna say board games. You see, I was thinking more philosophical. Hmm. I was going to say the United States Bill of Rights, but it's a flawed document. Not not flawed in the sense that, like, 
it's not incredibly important. More flawed in the sense that it was like one of the first documents that actually prescribed to the idea that certain individuals should be provided certain immutable rights, such as freedom to speech and such like that. Um, but the actual yeah. the actual text and the way it's written is flawed and open to interpretation. Hmm. I bring the Communist Manifesto. Hmm. Communist Manifesto has similar problems. Yeah. It's too it's too oriented towards industri- arbitrary industrial. I mean, at the same time, like we're we're theoretically building the society, so I think it's terms of like what it is philosophically and and like in terms of government. I think that's just what we're doing. Like I think that's under the essentials. I think it's just like what thing do we bring for funsies? I guess. Uh. Or or just to or like what will like culturally kind of shape this world? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tricky question because I don't think my answer would change even if that's the case. Yeah, I mean, like, what is what is the scope here? Like, like, do do we need to deliberately bring music with us? I'm assuming we would. I'm assuming that would absolutely fall under non-essential. Yeah, I guess music then. Yeah. Hmm. Good question, Joel. Yeah, that's that's. that's I don't a have real, a satisfactory answer for you. That, that's a real chin scratcher. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, from at Frankie Extra, Mike, talk about Mario Party. Matt, what would a Mario Party game have to do for you to play it? It would have to not fucking suck ass. Well, he put in parentheses more player choice, more strategy, less RNG. Like, I, th- I think he's looking for specifics. Oh, okay. Um, definitely less RNG. Um, I, I don't actually mind RNG in the sense that you have to, like, roll dice to move around a board. That's There's variance there, but whatever. You do actually want a certain degree of variance in a Mario Party game. The problem with Mario Party's RNG is that it can create absolutely huge swings, like, enormous game-changing swings on literally just the spin of a wheel. Everybody's seen yeah. that fucking, like, chant. Well, not everybody, obviously. Have, but- have I ever told you about the time that uh, I played a 50-turn game of Mario Party 6 with my sister, and I was ahead by nine stars, and on turn 50, the last uh, the last roll of the dice on turn 50, uh, one of the AIs got chance time and swapped her and my stars at the very, very last moment of the game. Yeah, you see, that's bullshit, and that should never happen. We Admittedly- thought it was hilarious. <laughs> We still laugh about it. Like, there's a reason I still remember that. Yeah, and there's a reason that makes my fucking blood curdle and me want to hiss like a cat and all <laughs> while doing the claw motions. It's because I'm a terrible nerd. Anyway, um, that shouldn't... I, I understand why they want that, because if they don't have a mechanic like that in place, Mario Party can very quickly... Not very quickly, but can become a game where one player is clearly in the lead and there's nothing any of the other players can do to stop that. I think there's a better way to handle it, though. Maybe make, like, some sort of kingmaker mechanic to stop, to prevent that from happening, where, like, players can spend, pool uh, their resources and spend a disproportionately large amount of money to handicap the leading player, but make it really expensive, so you still have, so, like, you still, it still provides, like, a meaningful opportunity of, like, who's going to contribute. Maybe make it, like, a blind bid or something like that, and the more you bid... The more it handicaps the better player. I don't know. You need to play some test something like that. But yeah, reduce the arbitrary RNG. Get rid of stupid bullshitty chance time. Replace it with some sort of meaningful decision mechanic to prevent like to meaningful uh, add in like a kingmaker mechanic that allows for like some sort of decision making to prevent cases where like one individual is running away with the game. That's that's probably like the biggest thing. Okay. Yep. Uh. So from at Solomnia Lucit. I mean, this, this is our buddy Cam. I don't know why his Twitter handle is so ridiculous. Um, what question do you most not want a recorded answer of out in the wild? And then, okay, cool, now what's the answer to it? What question do I most not want to record? He's, he's, 
he's trying to pull a fast one. He's saying like, hey, what what is a question whose answer you would most not want to say while you're being recorded? Okay, now say it. Like that's that's his deal. So something we don't want to be recorded and then he, say he, it. He's trying to get us to implicate ourselves on something as if we have any shame left. Have you heard the rest of the episode so far? Well, no, there's a bunch of like personal private stuff I would never actually talk about on air because it's incredibly sensitive, both in the sense that it could represent a breach of security and because I'm personally sensitive to it. Um, but I'm not going to fucking talk about that for all the reasons I just said. Yeah. Same. <laughs> So fuck off. I mean, I'm kind of an open book, but also, like, I don't want people trying to, like, find me either. In my Um, case, it's not quite open book. There's shit. There's shit you just don't talk about. Yeah. Uh, All right. Anyway, from at the sixth lexicon, why is an orange? That is a fascinating question. I don't know. I'm sorry. I I don't know either. Um, And then he adds, but more seriously, which do you prefer, cake or pie? Uh, Pie. Cake. Fair enough. Although I, I I will say I will say exception though, my favorite dessert like kind of overall is very specifically pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is good. Yeah, um, I like lots of different. I'm, kinds I'm gonna of say pie. one of the one of the biggest life changing moments of my adulthood was the realization that you could get pumpkin pie any time of year. <laughs> awesome. Like I was just walking through the grocery store and I walk through the frozen section. It's like, hey, there's frozen pumpkin pies. I'm like, oh fuck. I can buy it's, that it's, shit. It's April, but I could have pumpkin pie right now. <laughs> no one can stop me. I want to high-five you so fucking badly. <laughs> All right. Uh, from at Hey It's Beeb, uh, our friend Beeb, who's actually been on before. Um, is Mario Odyssey a drug trip? And if so, where can I get them? Um, I don't think Mario Odyssey is a drug trip. I think Mario Odyssey is one of the most fascinating changes in established video game canon in a very long time, both intentionally and unintentionally. That's, like, the fascinating thing with Mario Odyssey is, like, I don't think Nintendo quite saw it coming. They saw some of it coming, but, like, man, the the, the discourse around that game got weird in a hurry, but unlike most of the discourses where things get weird in a hurry, the discord around that game got weird in a way that was really, really awesome and really, really funny to follow. Yeah. Because just, like, the slow They created a mechanic pre- where you could fucking possess people with a hat. Yeah, and my first thought was, so can Mario, f- like, possess somebody and force them to walk out into traffic and die? I mean, if, I, if, I think he can. If he's possessing someone and they die while he's possessing them, does he die? Yeah, and, like, just weird shit like that. And it's like, wait, is Mario the hat and the hat, like, possessed an Italian plumber? Or is that, like, a projection yeah. that the hat I mean, a, just, a, like, uses? Apparently the, the hat is a new character who's, like, a hat ghost. Huh. Yeah. But that's not as funny. It's a little weird. Yeah. But no, you can still possess people, though, and that still makes it fucking bizarre. Yeah, huh. in- including the real-ass-looking humans. Humans! Which is yeah. just... And, like, Mario's running around, he's just, like, a little dude, and then there's just, like, fucking John Smith going to work as a, as a fucking accountant. Yeah. You know what I think is the fucking coolest part? What's up? They brought back fucking, they brought back, uh, fucking Pauline. Yeah, they did! The, the lady you rescued back in the original fucking Donkey Kong. She's, like, the mayor of the city. Yeah, no, it's actually, like, a really, it's weird because it's a character development that feels, like, supernatural. It's really, yeah. but it's like a really deep pull at the same time. It's really, yeah. really cool. I mean, she's come up on occasion, like during like the Mario versus Donkey Kong like Game Boy spinoffs. Yeah, but for the most part, she's kind of a forgotten character. And it's like, no, no, we're gonna bring back fucking Pauline. It's like, 
fuck it, all right, sure. I she's wearing a pantsuit. She's the mayor of this world's New York. Okay. Yeah. I actually love those Mario vs. Donkey Kong games. I have, I still have like the one for the original Game Boy. I've spent so many hours playing that thing. They're oh yeah, I, I played the, I played the one for the Game Boy Advance. And, yeah. Like uh, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, they're good puzzle games. Um, what was the question? Um, it was about Mario Odyssey being a, d- a drug trip. Oh no, not a drug trip. Um, yep. the best development in Mario canon in a very long time. Remember how fucking sad Mario Galaxy One was. Dude, I loved Mario Galaxy 1. I love Mario Galaxy 1, too. It was awesome. Like, like that's one of the few games out there that I have beaten to 100% completion, which, I mean, I don't know if we've established it thoroughly enough on the show. I am bad at video games. How many times did you die on Luigi's Purple Coins? Um, More than I did on any other mission, but still ultimately not that much. Maybe like two dozen times. Okay, that's actually reasonable. I think I died like ten times doing that like, one. Like here's here's the thing. Like I am, folks. I am bad at video games. Just flat out, full stop. I am. I love video games. I am terrible at them. I don't one hundred percent fucking anything. And I hundred percent in Mario Galaxy. And that includes playing it all again as Luigi, and then doing that like fucking bonus mission that you unlock by doing so. Yeah, I played t- that game to completion, absolute completion, twice. Two forty two, baby. Yeah. Like, Mario Galaxy 1 is an actual classic. That game is... I actually really wanted to do the same thing with Mario Galaxy 2, but they... they, Apparently, people complained about the first game being too easy, and they're like, okay, we're gonna make the second one real hard, and I was like, god damn it, no! I didn't... Like, that was the weird thing. People told me Galaxy 2 was way harder. I didn't think it was really that much harder than 1. I... I, And I'm not saying... I I made an effort to 100% that thing, and I did eventually get stuck. Okay. I, I, like... I remember Mario Galaxy 2 being, like, a little harder, but not, like, way harder. And I'm not saying I'm good at games, because, like, I thought Mario Galaxy 1 was about as challenging as Mario Galaxy... Everyone else thought Mario Galaxy 1 was. I thought it was maybe a little on the easy side, but there were still challenging levels, and if you wanted to 100% it, it definitely got harder. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. I thought, I will say this in favor of Mario Galaxy 2, though, even though I prefer the original. Mario Galaxy 2 has, like, easily the best incarnation of Yoshi in the Mario games. Yoshi in that game is fucking awesome. Yeah, I don't even know what they do with Yoshi now that the, the Wii pointer isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, like, like the Wii pointer... I mean, fuck, how do you even port that game? I don't I mean, know. Like, I mean, like, the motion control minigames from, like, the first one, you could just be like, well, just do it without the motion controls. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, the manta ray or rolling the ball, like, you can just do that shit with a joystick. How the fuck do you make the Yoshi tongue cursor thing work? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, good auto-targeting. They might be able to do it. If I think if anyone can do it, it's probably Nintendo, since they're good about stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah. that definitely makes things more complicated. Okay. Um, all right, so to wrap this up, we have a salvo of questions from at Nitspecibus. Uh, real close friend in the network, super, fra- super fan uh, Chelsea. Yeah, who, uh, I do, I do want to give a shout-out to Chelsea. If uh, if you go to at Audio Entropy on Twitter, the pinned tweet is a link to a fan Discord server that Chelsea set up. It's a real fun time. Head on in there and just chat with folks. I've been hanging out in there. Uh, Ashley, Molly, Julie, Luke, they've all been hanging out in there. It's a good time. Also, I thought you were going to give a shout-out for shout-out slash blam call out to Nit for fucking saving Let's Plays. Yeah, she did. She did. I don't um, know if we thank or blame her for that. Kind of both. That happened. That did I, happen. But like, no, seriously, thank you for doing that. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alright, let me, uh, let's see. Okay, she asked a bunch of questions, so let's uh, let's do this. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the GameCube as a console? Really good. Real good. Like, it, like, I mean, it's got its weirdness, like the tiny disc and, like, the 
controller. I love the GameCube controller, but that C sticks kind of horseshit. Um, but like in terms of just the library of games, it's one of the best consoles ever made. Solid library of games, incredibly portable system, very easy to take it on like road trips and play it with your friends. It had Smash Brothers Melee, good good system. Yeah. Yep. And plus, it's it's like a purple lunchbox. What's not to love? It is like a purple lunchbox. Yeah. Uh, favorite movie that's come out in the last ten years. Hmm. Fuck. I mean, like I said, I don't watch a lot of movies, so. When did Up come out? Do Do we know? Uh, Up came out in two thousand nine. It is within the last ten years. It would be Up. It's Up. I'm doing a bit of research real quick online. Yeah. Oh, yep, two thousand ten. I'm going with Inception. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. Like, I, I know I know people have... It was a huge fucking phenomenon at the time, and people have probably cooled on it since, but I'm, I'm still... I still fucking love Inception. I think it's a really good movie. Uh, I actually saw it in the theater three times, because at the time, I lived next to kind of a, a small, really old, but still very small, like, one-screen local movie theater that was showing it at matinee for, like, $5, and so I saw it, like, three times. It was really Oh, good. fuck. Actually, mm. Is it Up or Fury Road? I really liked Fury Road a lot. No it's one can prob- answer that but you. It's probably still Up. I think it's still Up, but Fury Road would be like my immediate second pick. Okay. Uh, next question, and then again, uh, the rest of these are from Chelsea, so I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not yeah. gonna keep saying that. Just for the rest of the questions we answer in this episode, these are all Chelsea. Uh, opinions on broccoli? Disgusting. Horrible. Awful agreed. fucking hellweed. Yeah, just fucking agreed. Like, literally the only thing I and former President George H.W. Bush will ever agree on is that broccoli sucks. <laughs> uh, all right. Favorite kind of ice cream? Um, That's a great question. What is my favorite? Probably chocolate chip cookie dough is what I'm going to go with. Mm, yeah, that's up there. I, th- I think I'm going to go with mint chip. Oh, oh no. Hmm? I actually know what it is. It's not chocolate chip cookie dough, although it's way high up there. It's actually Haagen-Dazs green tea. Haagen-Dazs green oh. tea ice cream is fucking amazing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I was going to go with mint uh, mint chocolate chip. Yeah, mint chocolate chip is that, would actually be like my third pick. Yeah. Yep. It's real hard to eat with anything else, though, because mint is it such a strong flavor. Yeah, and it has like the chocolate as well, which does, which on its own is great, but can create like weird texture problems and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the downside to mint chocolate chip is it's hard to mix. Yeah, so if, if I'm having it as like dessert, Instead of just, like, a treat, I'll probably want to go with cookie dough. Yeah. But, I mean, on the whole, I actually have pretty bad teeth, so I tend not to eat ice cream all that often to begin with. But, like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm going with anything, I'm going with mint. Yeah. Um, let's see. Was it a bad idea for me to impulse buy a headset at 5 a.m.? Um, depends on how good the headset was and depends on how expensive it was and what your finances look like. This question was from a little bit ago, and I think it might actually have been what facilitated her being on the most recent episode of Let's Place. So I'm huh. gonna say no. Okay. You 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 get that headset. You start podcasting. God, like, her first appearance on the network was on fucking Let's Place. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a good place to start. I mean, it's it's there. It is a zero commitment podcast to be on. You don't it, even have to. You don't even have to record your track. Like, folk, folks, folks, <laughs> kind of behind the scenes. When we record podcasts, for the most part, we do. About as professionally as we can. Like, we each record our own individual tracks on Audacity, and then I edit them together. I'm also recording a backup of the Skype call in case one of our audio is lost. So, you know, so sometimes if we have to resort to that, the audio is not quite as good, but still we have something. But, like, we, we, we take steps to try and make sure that what we're putting out is as good as we can manage to make it on basically no budget. Like, let's place 
Let's Place first, is a fucking trash pile. The, yeah, My introduction time. to fucking Let's Place, I asked Luke if I could be on that show, and he said yes. And then I wasn't quite sure because I didn't know Luke super well at the time. So I, I told him, it's like, hey, um, I'm probably just going to sit here and shit on you in, the, in your show and just relentlessly shit on your show the entire time. Uh, are you cool with that? Because I'm fine if you're not cool with that. And I, I just won't guess that'll be fine. He's like, no, that's pretty much exactly what I expect you to do. Yeah, that that what is I, the expectation. What I was getting at when I was was talking about uh, 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 recording the call and, and and audacity and all that stuff is that like recording a Discord call is the first and last line of defense of recording fucking Let's Plays. Like many of his episodes, he has just put a fucking Discord link out on his Twitter and just been like, "Hey, if anybody, anyone, anywhere wants to be on Let's Plays, just get in here. I don't give a shit. Like anyone can do this." Because it's a fucking train wreck of a show. It is. It is by des- like we we say a lot of del- self deprecating shit about this podcast and Let's Play like, is all the and all the other podcasts on the wreck. network. But like we do put actual effort into this show. Let's Place is by design just. It's that just show is an actual fucking dumpster fire. That is <laughs> yeah. the design. I mean, it's of on that purpose. Show. It is on purpose. From from its original concept to every episode that has ever been produced. Like Luke Luke actually goes out of his way to put no effort into doing let's place. So, <laughs> but, but for, by that same token, it's a great place for it to be your first exposure to a podcast because there's really no pressure. Cause if you fuck up, you're on let's place. Who gives shit? Literally guess, no one. I guess that's true, but I don't know. Nit's done enough good work for us that I, I that feels like unfair. It's like, Oh wow. Yeah. You could be on a show. You get to be on let's place. I mean, good things have come from people being on Let's Place. Like, That's I, I'm true, pretty sure, like, like uh, Molly and Ashley, who are uh, who are on the network, they they host Holy Reprise, they host Transmission Radio, they do Let Me Tell You About Homestuck, Homestuck, they do all kinds of stuff for us, and they're very good friends of ours. They first spoke to each other during an episode of Let's Place. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, so, like, let, Let's Place... Fuck, is, I think that's actually where I met Jules, isn't it? It might have been. I mean, we, we also had her on an episode of Teen Interest. We did have her on an episode of TWA, but I don't know which one happened first. Yeah, it was it was definitely one of those. But, like, Let, Let's Place is kind of, in a weird sort of way, it's the crucible by which, like, audio entropy is formed. Because, like, it, like, the thing that kind of kicked off, like, Teen Interest Attitude was the podcast that ultimately kicked off the network. <laughs> but, like, Let's Place was, like, the first thing that our little group did. Are, are, you say, are you saying TWA is the father, but Let's Place is the fucking son? I was actually going to insist the other way around. It's, it's more like that, like, Teenagers with Attitude is, is Zeus, and Let's Place is Kronos, right down to the baby eating. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we've ever cannibalized an infant on Let's Place. It gets bad, but it doesn't get that bad. I mean, I, ha- I haven't listened to every episode, but I'm pretty sure at least one baby has been eaten. I, I would hope not. <laughs> I'm not okay with that. <laughs> but like, like that, the, like that, du- like that's the thing. The dumpster fire that is Let's Place is the crucible through which uh, audio entropy is forged. So, like, so there's that, and that is, I think, about the nicest thing I'm ever actually going to say about Let's Place. Possibly the only, the nicest thing anyone will ever say about Let's Place. So, uh, anyway, what the fuck was this fucking question? Uh, it was about her buying a headset. Okay, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, let's see, still more questions from Chelsea. Uh, would Matt ever want a guest on Totally Reprise? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I might actually guess there at some undetermined point in the future. We gotta work out scheduling shit. Is 
one of the yeah, big you, reasons. You really should just look at that list of upcoming Totally Spies episodes yeah. and just and just request one because like that's that's how Molly and Ashley do is they just like you just tell them like hey I'd like to talk about this episode and then if it's not taken they pencil you in so you yeah. should you should really do that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff Matt should do, the next question is: Is Matt on the Discord? Uh, I am. I lurk it occasionally. I just don't have a lot of a lot to post there, really. All right. Yep. Uh, let's see. Tell us about your first crushes. Hmm. Think I'm gonna hold off on that one. Not because it's particularly embarrassing, or I'm because I'm particularly sensitive on it, but because it involves somebody who I'm not sure wants to be affiliated with the podcast. So, yeah. 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 I mean, mine was. Uh... It was a uh, high school, early high school. I think it was my freshman year. This girl I knew, and I pretty much only had a crush on her because she had a huge butt. <laughs> and my reasons were more altruistic than that. I at least thought the girl I mean, was like. I'm not. Cute. I'm not. I'm not naming anybody, but like, yeah, that was. That's pretty much what it came down to. I was. I was young and and barely postpubescent and horny and confused. So, there you go. I- I was like seven, and it wasn't anything to do with horny. I just thought she was nice, and I wanted to be friends with her. All right. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I guess I talked about my crush after all. Yay. Damn um, you, Nick. Last thing. What is your most expensive hobby? Gotta be video games. Yeah, I guess so. Like, like I mean, I had help from family, like, putting together the computer I have now, but, like, it's easily the most expensive thing I own or have ever owned. Except maybe my car, and that's a maybe. Yeah. And I mean, video games actually aren't that expensive as far as, like, hobbies go, but, like, I, it, it ain't free. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, it can... depends on, like, how many you own. Yeah, and it also depends on, like, the games also, you're it, into as well. In terms of me just fucking dumping money down a toilet, like, I have an extensive Steam library of games I've never played and will probably never get around to playing. Hey, wanna play some Smash Muck Champions? <laughs> Smash oh, Champions is one of those fucking games where I specifically keep that game around and reference it just because nobody knows what the fuck Smash Champions is. Except me. Except you. You're the one other person on, like, the face of the fucking planet that remembers Smash Champions. Do you know that, like, the fucking developers of that game went on to make Battle Right? I've never heard of Battle Right. You've heard of Battle Right because you played it for five seconds and you hated it. Um, Remember, it was free weekend. It was like top-down shooter. You hated how the movement felt. Oh, right, that. Yeah, yeah. Battle Right. Okay, for reference, though, I'm not dissing Battle Right. Battle Right's actually a fucking excellent game. It's really, really, really good. Um, but like Mike fucking hated that game, and the same people that made that made the very good Battle Right made the very confusing Smash Muck Champions. That was a top-down <laughs> mobile with a jump button. It was the top-down mobile with a jump button. It, or was it even a MOBA? I don't even... I remember that game just playing it and thinking... It's, it, it just, styled itself as MOBA-ish. Yeah, I remember like, Here's the thing, I know, I know you're a lot more strict about, like, what a MOBA... The definition of a MOBA is than I am. Yeah. So, as far as I'm concerned, it was a MOBA, but you would probably disagree. Like, the, no, like, the funny thing about, like, the fucking thing... Funny thing about Battle Right, Battle Right is literally a MOBA. It is a multiplayer online battle arena. It just paradoxically isn't a MOBA even in the slightest. It's actually like, and when I say it's not a MOBA, I don't mean it's not a MOBA, but like a game like Gigantic or Super Monday Night Combat. I mean, Battle Right is not a MOBA. It has way more in common with something like Street Fighter or Power Stone than it has in common with like Dota 2 or League. 
Just about the okay. only thing it has in common with the uh, Dota and League is how it handles abilities. That's it. Okay, I sorry, got off on that fucking tangent. Nah, that's fine. So we've exhausted our questions. Um, I, I think that's it. Do you have anything you want to plug, dude? Um, nah, I, I think that's wrap. You can find my Twitter. You don't want it. My mom found my Twitter, and that's why I had to explain Cockwaffle. God help us all. Yeah. If, if you want to know more about Cockwaffle, uh, <laughs> find Matt's Twitter. <laughs> Fucking, I say she found it. She asked politely for the information, and I gave it to her. She didn't find shit. I love my mother. Okay. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at MikeLovesRabbit. And, uh, like, it's, it's a lot of shit posting, a lot of political stuff, a lot of pictures of rabbits. You uh, never stop tweeting. This motherfucker never stops tweeting, by the way. It's mostly retweeting. I don't compose a whole lot of original tweets. You actually don't, but, but, but like, there's Well, a here's the thing. Like I said, kind of at the start of this, like, when it's 2 a.m. and I'm at work, I don't have much else to do but just browse Twitter and retweet shit. Yeah. Like, this is more out of boredom than any, like, need to in- engage with the the youth or whatever. Hashtag fucking <laughs> bonus. Hashtag, what, what the fuck was that one fucking terror? Uh, join the... The fucking Pepsi commercial. Join the discourse. Join the movement. Join our shitty advertisement. God damn it! That whole fucking <laughs> fucking we're gonna solve police brutality with by giving cops soda. The great thing is that managed to piss off both pe- people on both sides of the fence because it obviously uh, pissed off social activists because no fucking shit. But it also pissed off cops because now they get heckled with fucking Pepsi nonstop. Yeah. I pissed off police and people. <laughs> hey now. Oh god. All right. Let's let's fucking kill this episode before we start getting too deep. I mean, we kind of did. Like, yeah, I guess we did. I mean, we were in too deep, and we're trying to keep up above in my head instead of going under. Um, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Uh, yeah, GPS okay. might be over. It might I be. I mean, it's it's always on the verge of being canceled. Yeah, me. I was about to say, I think we threaten to cancel, the, threaten, air quotes, to cancel the show like every other episode. I think every episode, maybe. We might have threatened to cancel the show every episode. We've at least done it an average of once an episode. At yeah, least for that sure. much. For sure. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to get a hold of us and you want to know more, at G-Shaped on Twitter, that is at G-S-H-A-P-E-D on Twitter, Find us on audioentropy.com and check out some of the other shows in the network. Some of them have us on them, some of them don't. You know, just pick your poison. Odds are we've got something that you like. We've got a bunch of shows that cover a wide variety of topics. Um, we don't mention it a lot, but there's also a donut. Donut. Wow. No, there's not a donut. There is a donate button on the site uh, that you can send money to Joel, who pays for our hosting. And uh, that money just goes to hosting the website. We don't make any fucking money off of this. I mean, who would pay for it? Uh, and just, yeah, you could, you could help us out because like, again, we, we do this for fun. We do this to entertain people and we do this just cause it's what we enjoy doing. But I mean, running a website costs money. So, Hey, hit us up with that donate button if you could. And I think that's about it. Anything else you want to add, Matt? Um, no, I think I'm good. Okay. So for going pear shaped, I have been Mike and I've been Matt and always remember diddle yourself constantly. <laughs> <laughs>